I'm Laura Green. Welcome to the Sapphic Book Review Podcast, the show that brings you the best in sapphic fiction. Join me as I chat with authors, narrators, and friends who share my love for the genre. You will learn things you didn't know about your favorites and get some suggestions for your next read. Thanks for listening and be sure to subscribe. Welcome to the Sapphic Book Review Podcast. I've spent a lot of time listening to today's guest bringing life to my favorite books. She is simply the best audiobook narrator out there. Abby Creighton, welcome and thanks for joining me. Thank you for having me. Happy to be here. Georgia Beer's Too Close to Touch was the first sapphic book you recorded. Was there any hesitation on your part to record a book featuring a lesbian romance? Not at all. Didn't even give it a thought for a moment. I think I was probably still starting out as an audiobook narrator, so I took kind of whatever work came my way, but it, it was never a problem for me. The first audiobook that I downloaded of yours was Hunter's Way by Jerry Hill. Since I've listened to nearly 70 of yours, but there is something special about your collaboration with Jerry. How many of her books have you recorded and which do you think is your best? Ooh, I believe I've recorded about 32 of her books. I actually kind of went and counted. Wow. I was really surprised it was that many. I think the Hunter's Way series was really my favorite. The series was great and it was... Um, Got to repeat the characters and you get to know them through their storylines. So I really enjoyed that one. Tori Hunter is such a great character. Mm -hmm. Yeah, she was amazing. She went through some stuff mm -hmm. there. I think there's another book coming out in that series where she finally figures out what happened to her Oh, family. well, I, I hope I get to do it. That'd be cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I do too. <laughs> I asked a couple of my author friends to describe the experience of working with you. EJ Noyes said that your obvious talent and skill take away the stress of not having any control, which is hard for an author. And she has always felt that you just get her work and her voice. You've said that Alone is one of your favorite books that you've recorded. What do you love so much about that book and reading EJ's words? I feel EJ's words. I know some authors, like I feel the musicality of it. I just get them. And I think when I got that book, that was my first book I did of hers. And it surprised me. I just didn't like, get a book and I start to prep it. And I was like, oh, oh, this is going to be really interesting to do. The fact that there were only really two characters plus the operators who kind of chimed in, which was so interesting to me. I was like, how do I do these voices? These are like these disembodied people. <laughs> but I just fell in love with her writing. And I thought um, the first person narrative is really fun to do because you're inside the character's head. And I just got, I got Celeste. Like I just got her. I really understand loneliness. I feel like that whole idea of being alone and how you cope with that was really interesting to me. And I love hugging trees and she was, she was hugged her tree and <laughs> I just loved it. I just thought one of those recording experiences where I kind of trip out when I'm working, I'm doing all the technical stuff and I'm trying not to stumble over words or have my mouth sound weird. But I um, I would kind of like um, get in a flow, a flow state when I worked on that book. It was really interesting. And all the voices in her head were interesting to, to figure out how to do and bring them in and have them sound a little different. And yeah. What's great about her is literally every book is different and they're all unique and her voice just comes through. Yeah, I was really um, impressed with that as well. She finds all these different genres within lesbian romance category, supernatural and mystery and, you know, all of it. It's very cool. Melina Mackay says, working with you is the absolute best. You're super talented, very kind and a true pro. When she listens to the book, it's exactly how she imagined the voices of the characters in her head. You're very intuitive. You read the characters and the author's intentions perfectly. You don't get immediate feedback from an audience while recording audiobooks like you do when you're on the stage. But how does it feel to hear such praise from the authors whose words you bring to life? Well, that's absolute joy. I mean, that's my job is to make her book come to life and make the author happy. And sometimes I really think about, because it's a lot of hours and a lot of alone time, I think about the author listening to me. I'm like, oh, I have to stay focused. I have to do better. You know, and I think with Melina, 
she's such a detailed writer. I mean, it's like she describes the characters' voices so specifically that I, I had to fulfill them. I, I had to do it. So I love that. I love when you get all these details and you're like, oh, okay, it's, it's like scratchy, like sandpaper. And then it's this and you have to <laughs> try to figure out how to bring it to life. So yeah, that's great. I'm glad she's happy. The headmistress was amazing. And I cannot wait for A Whisper of Solace coming out next yes. month. Yes, that was fun to record. <laughs> <laughs> What are a few of the books that have made you laugh the most? Hmm. I think the Candace Cushing series uh, by Georgette Kaplan literally would make me laugh out loud. It was such fun banter and snappy patter. I was like, what? <laughs> I'd kind of do it a few times. <laughs> it was so fun. It was. I loved those books. I thought they were a hoot to, to record. And I could see them as movies when I was doing them. It was such a fun character to work on. And Lucy Bexley is another one who's... When I was doing No Strings, I was totally surprised by that oh, book and yeah. laughed a lot. When I was doing it, I was like, I have to focus. I can't. I can't. It's not going to work. <laughs> yeah, that was a great yeah. book. What are you currently working on? Um, well, I just finished, like you said, A Whisper of Solace, which I'll be getting pickups on probably soon, and it'll be out in September. I'm working on Harper Bliss's new book, A Family Affair. I'll be starting that this week. And then I have kind of a full schedule. I just, I don't, I don't even really know sometimes, unless I know the author well, I, I kind of wait. I sort of keep my calendar like project by project. And then I start to prep one after the other. I don't really prep ahead of time because I'll forget what I've, the notes I've made and stuff. So yeah. I just finished Harper Bliss's The Duet that you mm, did. Yeah. That was a good one. I love a good rock star yes. romance. Yes. It was fun to work <laughs> You've obviously recorded quite a few sapphic books. If you could choose three to act in feature film adaptations of, which three would you choose and why? Well, I mean, I think Easy Nevada in that series because She's just a, she's like a superhero. She's kind of a badass. She's like an Indiana Jones female version. So I think that would be really fun to do. I've always wanted to be like a female action hero. I think that would be a great on-screen category to be able to act. Um, Probably the headmistress, Magdalene Knox, although it had to be a redhead, but um, she's so fun and interesting (laughs) and complex and kind of like all the layers keep getting peeled away as you get to know her. So she would be really fun. And she's a kind of a diva. Which is always fun to play the baddie. She has a little bit of that in her. Yeah. And then I would I would say probably Celeste or Olivia from Alone, because they're just interesting characters in the situation they're put in. They get to show so much of who they are and their inner world and subtext. And so yeah. You could play both of them. Um, maybe, but I, I would <laughs> like to. I mean, that's like that's the gift of doing audiobooks. You get to be everybody. <laughs> your that's age, right. your gender. Yeah. Last year, Omuse Audio came to life. What made it the perfect time to start your own audio production company? Well, I think it was kind of a COVID. You know, I started doing Be Your Own Muse. I just love the Own Muse thing, sort of like flitting through my head. And um, I wanted to find a platform. And Omuse is not exactly this. It's one section of it where all the things that I do, meditation, yoga, writing, blogging, recording, would kind of find their one place. And the audiobook aspect of it, Omuse Audio, seemed like a natural thing to start as authors were contacting me directly. And a lot of people are self-publishing and producing. People are reaching out to me and I thought, well, I could just do this myself. I, it's me, it's my boots, my equipment. It's, it's like, I do it all myself anyway, except for the post-production. I send it off to somebody. So, but I do most of Harper Bliss's books and I've done J.E. Leak's books recently and a bunch of them. So I've had a lot of work this year doing that. It's, it's fun. I like doing my own thing. I like being my own uh, little creative hub. That's always good to be your it's own boss. Good to be my own boss for sure. <laughs> Along with recording audiobooks, you've done voice work for video games. Have you or your son ever played any of the games you've worked on? I have not. I'm not a gamer, but my son definitely has. <laughs> yeah, I think it's 
fun for him and, and it was definitely cool to be like, that's my mom who's in doom and his friends like, what? She was <laughs> Olivia Pierce, what? You know? And recently he came in the room. He's like, did you do this game? I think I just heard you. I'm like, yeah, that was me. He's like, oh, is that your, your evil queen voice? I was, I was like, oh yeah, I think that's what that's it. So. <laughs> my 18 year old, he was looking at your credits and he's like, oh man, she's big time. She did that video game <laughs> and that one. Yeah. It's the only time I've ever seen him be impressed with anyone I was going to nice, talk to. <laughs> nice, good. You're a theatrically trained mm-hmm. actor. What's your favorite role you have played on stage? I would say Cleopatra uh, and Antony Cleopatra. Oh. Shakespeare's Antony Cleopatra in an outdoor big Shakespeare theater in L.A., the Wilgier uh, Theatricum Botanicum. Such a, like, an amazing character to research. I used to love doing all that research. And uh, I got to have a live snake on stage. So that was Really cool. And I got to know that I was not afraid of snakes, which is good to know because I'm not a big fan of spiders, but snakes are good. (laughs) Um, Yeah, she was just a wild woman. So it was really, that was a very joyful, fulfilling experience. She was definitely ahead of her time. Ahead of her time. She's strong, smart. Yep. Definitely badass. Another badass. Another diva and a badass. Could be a theme going on here. (laughs) Like me, you have a son who's a recent high school graduate and is getting ready for college. How are you handling your son growing up and getting ready for the next chapter in his life? I've spent the last year, his senior year of high school, letting go. That has been my thing, letting letting go, letting him make decisions, trying to not get involved in grades and all that stuff. And that was helpful. Um, and trying to be cool so he talks to me and be more <laughs> friends with him than parenting him because that's what he wants right now. And he's really grounded. He's a very um, practical person. So I'm lucky he didn't have a lot of struggle with him. So I think like letting go because he's moving out in the world, you know, and I think trying to hold on to all that is, is tricky. So that's been my practice with him. My son is actually going to be staying home to go to college. So that's kind of nice. He is too, junior college and a transfer to a state California state school. So um, yeah, my son actually just got back from a trip from London and Paris, which was nice for both of us because it allowed me to kind of let him go out into the world. Good. You're also a yoga instructor. How long have you been doing yoga and meditation? I've been doing yoga for probably over 10 years, but I've been teaching only in the last three years. And I certified probably a year before COVID. So I taught a little bit and then COVID sort of stopped everything. And then right. maybe in the last two year and a half, I've been teaching again as the studio opened. And meditation is a kind of, kind of went hand in hand with my yoga practice. It's part of it. So i began to get explore all, all of that kind of stuff. And yeah, I try to practice every day, meditation and, and yoga. Um, but I love teaching. It's a really, really beautiful new new aspect of my career and the things that I do. It gets me out of my booth too. Yeah, that's good. And it's probably very calming and relaxing. Yeah. And I, you know, it's good to, I feel like when you're at the microphone, you have to be so still, you can't move and you have to express all this character and all these things just through your voice, not your body. And I'm very, I'm an expressor. So it's really good for me to go teach because I get to be very passionate and big and move my body around. So it's a good balance. <laughs> Do you read books in your spare time or have you had enough reading that you prefer to just to sit out in front of the TV? I would say, yes, I sit in front of the TV when I'm trying to relax. I cannot read <laughs> fiction really anymore for pleasure because I read so much like tonight I have to prep a book. Yeah. So I, I have some nonfiction by my bed that I'll dip into like a little, little bit at a time, but I used to be an avid fiction reader, but it's, it's really hard for me. It's not relaxing. It's kind of like, no, I wouldn't yeah. think so. <laughs> You're probably trying to figure out how to make the voices sound. Exactly. Or if it's a hard book, I'm like, Oh, I'm so glad I'm not recording this book. It's really hard. <laughs> There's all sorts of foreign words. You're from New York, but have lived in California for years. What do you miss about New York? And what do you love about California? Well, I've 
I've been out here so long now, but I would say um, snow days. I miss snow days. I, when like a fresh snowfall happens and world's canceled and that was like a, a beautiful, beautiful winter time. Um, and I love California because I feel like you can become anything here. There's no city identity that sort of takes you over like a New Yorker. You have like a New Yorker vibe or someone from Boston or really anywhere. But here it's kind of like the frontier, it's desert frontier. It's empty and you get to fill it up with yourself and, and kind of figure yourself out without any outside influences. And there's a lot of trees for you to hug. There's too. lots of trees. It's true. <laughs> when you were a child, did you know you wanted to be an actress or did you have other aspirations? Uh, pretty early on, I wanted to be an actress. I think I wanted to be a vet for like a minute. Um, but I got bit by the acting bug and then I was sort of obsessed, you know, from probably nine years old until now. But I don't perform live so much anymore. I kind of made some decisions during COVID that it was because the theaters were shut down and I got to do some soul searching yeah. about performing. And I've been doing it for so many years and I've done so many great roles and I would be repeating plays all of a sudden I'd be doing King Lear again and playing the other sister. And I don't know, I just, I made some different choices and I'm kind of pulling back from performing live, but I still, I love the voiceover. I love performing through my voice. I find it really interesting. And yeah, I was, I came all the way out from New York and when I was young, drove cross country and landed out West to pursue it and have been here ever since. So. And hey, you can do it now in your pajamas. I but I dress though. It helps me focus. <laughs> <laughs> what is something about you that might surprise us? Hmm. Well, well, I'll give you like two things. One on the more serious side. Um, when I was a kid, um, I lived in Europe a couple of times. My parents were teachers and they took us abroad to do, to just sort of have a life expanding experience. So we lived in Italy when I was a baby. And then we lived in Greece and we, we, flew to Europe and bought a car and drove like and camped all throughout Europe. And I spent a couple of years of my childhood in Greece, which was a really interesting time and oh, very formative nice. for me. Like really opened my mind to other cultures and the classics ruins. And it was really stimulating for my imagination. The other thing is I hate cilantro. It tastes like soap to me. <laughs> it's like one of those, I'm one of those genetic people who cilantro is the worst thing in the world. <laughs> I agree with you about yes, cilantro. Yes, you're on the completely. anti-cilantro team. It's good. It's awful. awful. I can get something that has just a sprig of cilantro and I'm like, it no, it. no, I'm trying yeah, to. you have that too. It does. Yes, absolutely. So you and I are practically <laughs> twins. Abby, I can't thank you enough for taking the time to chat with me today. It was really an honor thank to you. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Thanks for listening. And thanks again to Abby Creighton for joining me today. You can learn more about Abby by visiting her websites, abbycreighton.com and omuseaudio.com. To support this podcast, you can buy me a coffee at buymeacoffee.com slash sapphiclaura or join my Patreon at patreon.com slash sapphicbookreviewpod. For as little as $5 a month, you can listen to fun games of Would You Rather. Be sure to check it out and hear a special reading from In the Shadow of Love by J.E. Leak, narrated by Abby Creighton. Here's a sample. Thanks again for listening. And until next time, happy reading. Jenny put her hands on her hips dumbfounded and frustrated as she watched Catherine's car peel out of her driveway in reverse. The scene framed like the story of her life inside the constraints of the door jam. Catherine waited until she cleared the third block of empty lots before she turned the corner and pulled over. She turned off the car and slammed her palms into the steering wheel. Ugh, what am I doing? She wasn't sure if she meant running or sleeping with Jenny Ryan. There were a million reasons she shouldn't sleep with her and no reason she should, other than the selfish satisfaction of scratching a sexual itch. She closed her eyes. How dare she think of Jenny as a sexual itch? 
She was more than that. Much more. Too much more. And that was the problem. Would you rather watch nothing but Hallmark movies or nothing but horror films? Neither. Do I have to pick one? (laughs) I guess Hallmark. I hate horror movies. Yeah, I do too, but I hate Hallmark. Even more. I just don't like to be scared. I really, I find it super stressful. I'd rather be scared than have the same exact story happen every single right. time. Yeah. Small towns. I'm returning to the small towns. It's always Christmas. It's <laughs> true. <laughs> They're always at a tree farm and, you know, her long lost boyfriend from high school. Shows up. Oh, yeah. Right. So tedious. Yeah. <laughs> Would you rather be trapped in an elevator and have to have a conversation with Rebecca Keene from EJ Noise Ask Tell series or Magdalene Knox? From Melina Mackay's The Headmistress. Rebecca Keene. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> she's a great character, and she's not maybe as, as icy as good old Magdalene. Yeah, trapped in an elevator with Magdalene Knox. That sounds kind of terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I think she'd probably get you out quicker. She'd be oh, like, right. maybe, somebody. Maybe. It's possible. 